I love using that word. This episode is sponsored by Frontend Masters. Engineers have watched over 2 million hours of Frontend Masters videos to upgrade their skills in the latest best practices in frontend development and Node.js. Popular video courses of theirs include courses on Advanced JavaScript, Angular 2, React, API Design with Node, and Functional and Asynchronous JavaScript. Many of their teachers have even been guests on JavaScript Jabber. Check them out at frontendmasters.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 237 of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week on our panel, we have Amy Knight. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, Tracy Lee. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Uh, sure. I, um, I, my name's Tracy. You can find me on the internet at Lady Leet, and I do something called Modern Web, so modern-web.org. We have podcasts and we have a, some really awesome meetups both in the silicon valley area online and in the triangle and i just started a new company called this dot so pretty stoked on that and the next basically seven to ten years of my life <laughs> uh yeah and i love i love javascript i started coding uh, a little almost two years now um and ever since i picked it up it's just been all-encompassing of my entire life so it's exciting nice that sounds like a lot of, a lot going on and then i'm also aware that you're involved with ng cruise yes yes one of my favorite projects that came out of ngconf uh, this year uh was just randomly talking on angular air and decided that ng cruise should be a thing and it was so funny because I think uh, the guys at ng-conf had the same idea a year or so back. And so we've decided to collaborate on that. And um, yeah, ng-cruise is coming to you May 29th through June 2nd, going to be uh, sailing the Caribbean coming out of Miami. And it should be a pretty good time. It's presented by ng-conf. So I already have a few speakers I'm about to announce working with, uh, working with the team on it. That is really cool. Well, maybe we can get back to that at the end of the show. Uh, mm -hmm. We brought you on today to talk about CLIs. Yes, my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like CLIs? I know some of the more experienced developers, they're like, but it sort of abstracts away all the important things. <laughs> I grew up writing Ruby on Rails, so. So you um, love it. Yeah, it's very so for me, it's like, oh, I don't even have to think about any of these things. It just does it for me, so. Yeah. I definitely feel like after uh, after doing Ember CLI and then moving to Angular CLI and um, having to do a lot more configuration, every time I used Angular CLI, I felt like I was a better developer. I'm like, yeah, there's an Angular CLI build.json file that I never knew existed before. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Were you trying to chime in there, Amy? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, well, in some regards, like CLI is actually more like Badass if we're talking like Git, like you can have a GUI or something, but if you're actually using like the command line, then you're more hardcore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to build that Angular UI now, right? <laughs> just build me my Angular app. I'll just put all the options in the UI. So, so what is it that, you know, you get excited about CLIs, and for me, it's kind of just part of the development experience. So what, what makes you so excited about them? 
I think what excites me the most is that as a beginner, when I started, um, I didn't really do, I did a week of JavaScript, a week of HTML, CSS, and then I, I wanted to get on Ember right away. And Ember, in Ember, you just do, like, if you're using Ember, you're using Ember CLI. And so for me to be able to create an application really easily and within eight hours using uh, material design, like uh, produce a, a static site was really amazing and empowering. And um, the fact that I actually just learned Node recently and learned how to set up my, uh, you know, like the live live server or dev server or whatever. And like all these things that the CLI does for you, it was cool to learn. But then I was thinking, well, that's awesome. But I've never actually had to do that. So just having, not having to go through, you know, an extra one to two hours each time you're setting up a project, I think is pretty amazing. Um, and it's exciting to see how all the different CLIs and just how the JavaScript com com community as a whole, looking at Ember, Angular, and React, um, feed off of each other, right? Like what they enable for each other. So if you look at Angular CLI, it being an add-on of Ember and um, the fact that sort of it, 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 it's, it's basically enabled a lot of stuff. Like I feel like all communities have sort of created these ideas, created these things, and then sort of borrowed from each other. So I think as a whole, the JavaScript ecosystem is like way, way, way better for it. It's also great for newcomers if we're talking about like Ember CLI and the new one for Angular. Yeah. Have you played with it yet? The Angular CLI? Confession, I haven't. <laughs> I know a lot of people play with the um, the Webpack starter kit as well. I just uh, recently started playing with an app that was built off of that. And uh, it's exciting too, but I don't know. I love all of it. I think I just like learning new things. And messing around. I'm sure you guys do like more. Amen to that though. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is there a CLI for the React? Part there of the is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for for React, there was a few CLIs. There was Rakt CLI, which I think uh James no, it was it was Matt. Matt Zabriski created uh with Michael Jackson, I think, a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then there was another random React CLI, and then recently um, Dan Abramov came up with Create React App. And so it's way more lightweight, um, but you just like, you know, you just say like Create React App and then the name of your application, and then it just, um, it works. So um, it's built using Webpack, and I know he has a lot of really interesting um, plans for it. Have you guys heard about React Fiber? No. React Fiber. I learned about it recently. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, let's see. Um, Andrew Clark talked about it. He said it's a, it's a complete rewrite of React from the ground up. And I was like, oh god, it's like Angular two again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like they're gonna be really careful about the. It's, it's, it sounds like it's built uh, using the same API that currently exists. So. I don't exactly know what it is, but I'm 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 like really really excited about what's going to happen with React in the next year, um, with like this create React app thing, the new React Router v4 that just came out, and then this React Fiber thing that's new. 
yellow. Yep. <laughs> so so one of the things that I've really liked about the Angular CLI is just that it does a lot of the setup for me. And then if mm -hmm. I need to generate something like a controller or something like that, then it just puts it in the right place and gets me, you know, down the road a little bit without having to make a lot of decisions about how I'm structuring my code or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of the same advantage you're seeing from your point of view or? Yeah, totally. I, I love, I think um, when you look at CLI projects, so it, it's sort of, um, sometimes I see people saying, with things on Twitter, like, Oh, did you know that if you remove this or you could do this to, to sort of like configure a CLI project to the way you want it, it sort of scares me because one of the things that people don't realize about the CLI, like people are like, Oh, I, I think people who are used to generating their own files sort of look at the CLI and say, why do I need a, a like a CLI to do that for me? I could just create one. Right. Mm -hmm. But what it actually does is it allows like if everybody can get behind Angular CLI and everybody's using Angular CLI to generate Angular projects, then what will eventually happen is that Angular is able to scale across larger organizations much faster, right? Like you should be able to open up an Angular CLI app and know exact. well, actually you do if, if there's no like configuration that you know, people do or like customization, you should know exactly what your imports and exports are called, what your selectors are called. Like everything should be exactly the same. Folder structure should be the same. Um, and like the fact that a CLI and an Angular CLI app can help like enable a developer to get productive immediately versus having to go through, you know, whatever, like a one month to three month ramp when they're joining a team is I think sometimes what people aren't seeing when they look at the CLI. And that's definitely something that has been an advantage of Ember, right? Like even when I was, you know, one to two months into like coding, I could open up any Ember project and not exactly know what I was looking at, but I was able to figure out where my template files were figure out where my controllers were, like know exactly where the router is, right? I could actually make an impact. Yeah, but isn't that just convention over configuration? It, it doesn't require it CLI is. to get that. Uh, that's true, but I feel like maybe the CLI, do you think the CLI sort of uh, helps reinforce that mm -hmm. a little bit? Yeah, I totally agree. It does. It uh, it makes it easy to do it the the same way everybody else is doing it. Oh yeah, there's not a there's no doubt about that. If you have a good CLI, like I was just thinking about the history maybe of CLIs, and I don't know if I, I, Rails, for example, to me seems like the first major well accepted CLI that I know of. Maybe there's other better examples there before Rails, but it became such a thing that there's like, there's the Rails way you do things, yep. right, Chuck? Absolutely. And so, and it's, that sort of stuff is encoded into the CLI, right? Yep. So it became this common thing where if you want to code in Rails and you do anything different than the way that the CLI is, I mean, I don't, you, you could probably speak better to this than I could, but it's almost like, wait a second, why are you doing that? Different? You're not doing it the Rails way. And there became a lot of homogeneity amongst projects, which was really beneficial when programmers moved from project to project. Now, if I go and I look at an Angular 1 app and I look at a different Angular 1 app, it seems 
like sometimes like they're written in different frameworks, you know? Yeah. And a CLI makes a big difference. It doesn't just having conventions. Angular's had a style guide for a long time. And that meant that instead of, you know, any random five, you know, you take all the Angular apps and 5% of them look similar and maybe there's 10% that look similar. Right. But the style guide by itself just wasn't enough. End of rant. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree. I, I would totally agree with that. But, um, like, it's, it's interesting because in the Ember community, the CLI is such a thing that, like, if anybody, I think out of, you know, 100 people, either zero people or one person will raise their hand and say, like, no, we're not doing a CLI because X, Y, and Z. But then if you have Steph Penner uh, in the room, like, helping explain, like, why the CLI is the way it is, how long it takes, why X, X Y, and Z, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's actually a really, really powerful and interesting tool. I think the Angular CLI team as well has done a really good job in, um, so like with Ember CLI, it's a lot further along and there's a lot more things you can do with the CLI, right? But, uh, because Angular is really focused on like gener- generating things right now, like they don't have the, the router generation yet, et cetera, then like, um, the team has been able to do really cool things like the configuration of, or like, you, you know how you can generate, um, there's shortcuts for like doing inline styling and inline templating and, and different cool things like that. Or like even shy, uh, adding in NG doc and it going directly to the angular docs. Like, it's really cool to see how one thing builds on top of the other, but like different frameworks focus on making, making it better for themselves. Right. Well, while we're on the topic of convention, though, I'd like to, since we don't have AJ here to be contrary, maybe I'll try to be, a, <laughs> maybe I'll try to be a channel a little bit of AJ and kind of raise the question of, hey, uh, what about when you disagree with the conventions that is encoded in a CLI? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help it. Sorry. I I I could definitely I, I assume AJ would take this position just because he's a contrary guy and I have an easy time taking this position as well. There are plenty there's stuff in the Angular One style guide I vehemently disagreed with, vehemently. And if you don't know what that word means, I'm sorry. I I love using that word. It's just such a great word. I vehemently disagree with several things in the Angular One style guide, and there's stuff in the Angular Two style guide I also vehemently disagree with. And uh, there was a couple of things I saw the Angular CLI doing that I didn't like. There was when I played with Rails, there was some stuff that the Rails the Rails did that I didn't like. Right, so I hate that sort of stuff, and I'd rather have my projects be different. Well, but there is something to that whole way. Why do you do this differently? Let's pause for a moment to talk about our sponsor, Taurus. Taurus is a new tool for managing and securing the secret information that allows your app to run. You know the stuff, passwords, API keys, database credentials, all the stuff that gives access to the private stuff that you don't want anybody to touch except for your application in specific ways. Taurus provides a convenient way to store all this information in the cloud, and they can't access it because it's encrypted with material derived from your password, which is never transmitted to their server. So it's secured from them from everybody else, but accessible to you. This means only the servers, development machines, and applications you've allowed can access the information. So make secrets management headaches a thing of the past and check out Taurus today. You can find them at devchat.tv slash Taurus. That's devchat.tv slash T-O-R-U-S. 
Yeah, yeah, well, and just to pile on there, I mean, a lot of people in the Rails community um, really react. How, how do I put it? Um, they really don't like the fact that you can do basically a Rails generate scaffold, which gives you a controller, a model, views, and everything else. You know, it's a bunch of generated code, in my opinion, too much generated code that, and anyway, um, it makes a lot of assumptions. So unless that's exactly what you need, you don't really want that. But at the same time, I definitely used it to generate controllers or to generate models just because a lot of that boilerplate was really easy to get together. But yeah, it's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want just the standard rest that Rails gives me when I do Rails generate scaffold. So, you know, I, I want to do something different. And yeah, so what if I want to do something completely different? Then how do I think about that? And, you know, is a CLI going to get in my way? So in Rails, can you use the CLI to either generate like the whole shebang or to just generate the piece that you need? Yes, you can use it to generate just the piece that you need. So I assume here that either you would know, oh, I really want the whole shebang, which probably got less and less frequent over time. Yes. Or it was like the whole shebang made a big difference when you were new and learning Rails. And as you got better, then you started using just specific pieces of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you. So it kind of enabled that whole duality of I'm starting off, I need something to hold my hand more. And now I'm getting better and better. And I still want the boilerplate taken care of for me. And I still want these conventions to be codified into the apps that I'm writing. But I don't want to be overwhelmed with too much. Yes? Yes. And then so it is the Ember CLI, Tracy. Is that. Is it kind of the same? You said it was farther a lot. If for, for, um, no, like every 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 Ember project, mostly. I mean, I'm talking like nine, 95 to ninety nine percent of all Ember projects are Ember CLI. It's like very shocking. I mean, it's so ingrained into Ember that like, why aren't you using the CLI? is really the question. And it's really weird that you're not using the CLI. Um, I mean, again, I, I, I think like the biggest, the, the biggest win is, you know, if I, like, for example, if I have an Ember or an Angular CLI project or an Ember CLI project, I can go to anybody in the community and say like, Hey, I need help. And they're able to screen hero with me without any knowledge of what I'm doing and know like where the things are and how, how my, my project is, is configured immediately. Right. So I'm able to like move forward really quickly. But I think again, it's, I mean, that that's for me as a use case, it's like a beginner wanting to get help. But I think also like, you know, imagine a team of, you know, 500 developers, Maybe a hundred is more reasonable, but like imagine a team of one hundred developers trying to do like all different things and trying to figure out, et cetera. Like if all of them can come together, all of them understand a CLI project and all of them can start coding without having to make like all these decisions, I think that's something really, really, really powerful. Like even more powerful than just like file generation. But. Yeah, but in order to deviate, let's say that there's some aspect of what the CLI gives you that you don't like, but, you know, there are some other pieces of that that you're like, hmm, you know, I could use that or I could, you know, maybe there's, you know, I don't want like the whole solution, but part of the solution is okay. Do Does the Ember CLI allow you to generate just part of the code instead of the whole shebang? 
I've never tried to do that, so I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Um, a lot of the I, things in Ember were based on Rails, so I'm going to guess yes, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Ember dash dash help. <laughs> tells you. Um, but I, I actually think just looking at React and React CLI and what the React CLI creates for you, it is very much about just setting up a very small, like very, very basic framework for you and like getting something to work, sets up your server for you. Um, I, and it like, you can't really do much with it, like, except for like you have a starting point. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how flexible they decide to make, um, generating things in the future in the react community. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with angular CLI as well. I mean, moving to Webpack and then like hopefully getting the router generation in. And then like, I think those are just like the basic things. I can't wait to see them really start growing off of, um, growing off of the foundation that they're building right now. Now, if I remember right, uh, the angular CLI was actually built on the, Ember CLI, like they took that code and they kind of reworked it. Um, so I'm wondering, did uh, is that cheating? <laughs> I guess is the best way to ask that. I think it's lovely. I think it's great. <laughs> um, I love the fact that we're able to enable each other as a community um, and borrow off of each other's ideas. So it's not forked or, you know, taken or it, it's actually an add on. So in the Ember community, do you guys, are you guys familiar with Ember add ons? No. So it's, this, it's this whole idea where, um, and this is what the CLI, CLI enables, right? So what you can do is you can actually, you can actually generate an add on with the CLI, <laughs> but like you create an add on and, um, like Ember data, or Ember CLI Mirage or um, any of those other things. Or even like if you want if you want to use something like um, Materialize CSS or anything, right? You can actually like create an add-on and then all you have to do to install something. So if I, if I ever want to use anything, there's this website called emberaddons.com. And um, if I want to use like less or bootstrap or whatever i don't actually have to try to figure out how to use that in ember app i can just like ember install ember bootstrap let's say right and um it'll like directly like i can just immediately start using things i know that's not like the most technical way to explain it but do you guys get what i'm saying now like you kind of get the idea of what this does right like ember data um even like the deployment story for Ember is just merely an add-on that you create. So like if you want to like deploy an app the, the Ember way, all you have to do is like Ember install, Ember CLI deploy, and then there's like a path to deploy things. Um, I think what I'm excited about with the Angular CLI is once they stabilize and once they're able to like, you know, get like the basic stuff down of what they want to do, then we as a community can start building on top of that. Like, I can't wait for Angular to have an add-on community because then people can contribute like small things like, oh, you want to use, like with Angular 2, you want to use, I don't know, X or something. All of a sudden, like people can just automatically use it. And like, I don't know how many add-ons 
there. I think there's like something like a little under 3000 add-ons or so. Um, did that make any sense at all? Like, I hope it did. Yeah. It made sense to me. I mean, okay. (laughs) And especially where, you know, uh, the way you're talking about the angular CLI. Yeah. They just, they essentially built a plugin for the Ember CLI that made it angularized or however you want to put that. And so, you know, we're benefiting from this open source project. I'm assuming they'll wind up contributing back to that project. And, you know, so so everybody kind of wins there. And it, you know, it makes it easy to pull stuff in mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. the project progresses. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure what to ask next. <laughs> quit, quit talking so much, Chuck. Gosh. I know. Have we started talking about real like comparisons on the CLIs yet? Um, not directly. I don't, I don't know like, if I can go ahead, go ahead. I'd like to like get a better feel for that. Like the CLIs and their differences between Ember Angular and React. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a feature by feature comparison, but how do they compare with each other? How do they feel, right? Like does obviously the Angular is the newest one, although React's still pretty new and Right? CLI deathmatch match match. <laughs> I mean, Ember and Angular are exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah, there is really no difference. <laughs> like, really. Um, and Create React App is so minimal that, like, there is nothing to say. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, like, there's Ember and Angular. Literally, if you use Angular CLI, you'll be completely fine using Ember CLI. And then, um, and, and most of the commands are the same. And then, like, with Create React App, it's, like, you know, I mean, it's cute, for example, that, um, like, for example, right, I mean, small, subtle, silly differences are, you know, when you run ng-serve or ember-serve, like it loads on port 4200, but then if it's already like, if something's already loaded there, it won't, um, it'll just say like, Hey, this is already in use. Right. Whereas, uh, Dan built in this thing where, um, it, lo- it loads on port 3000, but if it's in use, it'll say, do you, do you want to load it somewhere else? And then it'll load on like port 3001, which I, I think is just like really convenient. And then also when you, when you do like create, when you start create React app, um, when you do that, instead of like having to go to your browser window and then like type in localhost, it actually just like opens the app for you. So I, I think those are like cute, small, subtle differences that I think are interesting. Like I think the whole it, you know, that you can generate a component and you can do dash is or dash it or dash dash no spec to decide how you want a component to be generated, like how, what number of files. And, um, if you want the inline templating or inline styling is interesting, but those are like teensy, teensy style differences that I don't know if, I mean, I noticed them. I think it's interesting, but I don't think it actually affects like the functionality. Interesting. Okay. So, is there one of the three that you feel like is easier to pick up? Mm, I think that create React app is so lightweight that like you're not really doing much 
like if you want to just start, if you just want to play with the React app and you want to see it load or something, then you can use Create React app to do that. But then I think both Angular CLI and Ember CLI, again, are just like almost the same. I mean, they're, they're basically the same product, right? In, in, in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so both of them are, are really, really easy to use. Um, I think Ember is a little more stable right now. So maybe, maybe it's a little easier to do that and just sort of like get used to something and there's more functionality, like the router stuff is already there for you. Um, but I don't know, you know how I am with technology. Like I just like to play, like, um, I was playing with react native CLI recently and then, <laughs> What other random CLIs that I find? Like I want to play with um, Native Script and Ionic 2s. I think they're like Ionic 2 has like a new CLI or something. I don't know if you guys have played with that recently, but no, not recently. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with a company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the Ruby Rogues link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash JavaScriptJabber. One thing that I'm wondering yeah, no. about with some of these is, you know, you mentioned the add-ons. Is that the way to add commands to a CLI? So you get like ng, I don't know, compile or something? Or... Um... I know the Angular CLI already has something that will build your project. I just... I'm just saying, you know, in general, besides, you know, the code generation and the, the serve and the build, you know, what if I decide, oh, I need this other thing, or maybe we come up with a package manager for Angular and, you know, and so we're doing the same thing where it's, you know, ng install bootstrap and it's doing the same thing that the um, Ember CLI is doing. Um, wait, what's your so, so how do how do I build some kind of uh, additional functionality for the CLI? Oh, I think I don't I don't I think you just have to contribute to the project. I don't know if you can necessarily do that with the CLI, but for so for Ember add-ons, um, it's kind of like if you want to have internationalization in your app, all you I mean, it's just an npm package, right? You you can Ember install. Um, Ember INTL and it'll like, um, like this, the add-on will basically like provide translations for you. Or like if you, if you want to use a pie chart and you want to do it in canvas, like there's a CLI add-on for creating pie charts that's already done for you. Or like if you want to deploy to GitHub pages, um, you can, well, actually it's, it's interesting as like, Angular, what they did was they used the idea of an Ember add-on and created um, an Ember add-on called Angular CLI GitHub Pages. And so you can actually use that to easily, like the CLI allows you to publish really easily to GitHub Pages. Um, but the reason that that's enabled is because there was like 
a separate thing that was created that can be used with Angular CLI. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, or like if you want to um, wrap, like, like there's a simple wrapper for Facebook JS SDK, whatever that means, and uh, you can just like that just works, right? So, so like the community has been able to do like so many really cool things um, for the community like just because there is this add-on ecosystem and there's a lot of things that are just randomly figured out for you, you know, which is amazing. Really cool. And now I'm going to write like, um, angular CLI Kause or something. Well, you know, one thing I like to do is I've actually created, um, uh, Easter eggs with add-ons. So I've created these add-ons. I have this one add-on where you can install it and then it's a little rainbow tail. So, you just like little rainbow tails pop out of, um, pop out of, pop out of your website or like you enter in Konami code and then, uh, Mario coins pop out and make a little clicky noise. So, you know, you can do, you can do fun things too, but yeah, I, I feel like once, um, I, I think what, what's going to happen, I, I really hope what's going to happen with the Angular CLI is that like once, Again, once things are more stable and they sort of figured out the basics, then they can have an add-on ecosystem. And then all of a sudden, like, the entire community can start creating really cool, amazing things for Angular. And, uh, you know, it's going to, like, sort of, like, 10x the growth immediately of the Angular community and what Angu- what you can do in Angular apps. Right. That's my dream anyways. That's why you get excited about Angular CLI. Nice. Well, now I want to go play with it. You should. Go pair with broccoli on it. Pair with broccoli on it? You can tell you all the secrets. Yeah. Pair with broccoli. Do you know who broccoli is? No. Mike Brocco? Mike (laughs) Brocco? His name is Broccoli, just to let you know. Okay, good to know. Do you know what Kent C. Dodd's middle name is? No, I don't. <laughs> I know Kent personally, but I don't know his middle name. It's Chimichanga. <laughs> it's true. If you if you call him Kent Chimichanga Dodds, he's gonna be like what? He he'll respond. I hope. I'll Maybe. have to remember that. Yep. Yes. Chimichanga. <laughs> All right. Well, Amy, Joe, do you have anything else you want to ask about or? Um, I don't know if, I mean, we've had on Adventures in Angular, we've had uh, people on talking about the CLI recently, but I know a lot less about the Ember CLI and certainly Reacts. Um, do you know what the future is like for any of the CLIs? You know, if they've, if there's any significant features that are coming up for any of them? Mm, I think for Create React app, nothing that crazy. Like, it's pretty stable into where it is. So, Dan's just going to be building off of it. I don't, I don't think there's anything amazingly magical that's going to happen. I think with Ember CLI as well, it's such a stable product that they're really more focused on um, horizontal growth versus vertical growth. So I think if we're looking at like big, major, amazing changes, we're probably looking at the Angular CLI mostly. Mm. Um, yeah, I think create. React app is so, again, it's just so lightweight, right? Like, I don't think that they're going to all of a sudden, like, want to become as uh, convention-based as Ember. But I think Angular is sort of, like, right in the middle of that. 
So they're probably going to add on a lot of things that the Ember community already has. Right. Right. That makes sense. Um, how do you feel like the CLIs fit within the communities and the, you know, the respective ecosystems? Do they fit as well as people that are building them hope they do? Uh, are they utilized as heavily? I guess you said that like with Ember, it's like 95% of all Ember apps are built with the CLI. Yeah, if not more. <laughs> like It's default, right? Uh -huh. um, and that took a long, like that took like a year. I mean, I don't want, I, I'm pretty sure it took about a year, maybe even a little bit more for it to become the default. Um, so I'm really curious actually to see if that's going to happen in the Angular community. Um, I think with the, I think like the Angular community just hasn't realized how powerful of a tool it is. But then there's so many cool things happening with like Webpack Starter Kit and like all these, all these sort of like cool, like Minko has his seed, Angular seed, is it called? Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really curious to see if Angular CLI is going to become like the thing. I don't think in React it's going to become the thing. I think that uh, React, there's just like so many million different ways to do things that like, I don't know. I, I actually, I just started playing around with React, so I actually have, have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think Angular CLI is going to be, become the default for the community or? I think it's definitely going to go that way. And the reason yeah. why I say that is because a, the tutorials for Angular 2 all demonstrate setting things up with the CLI. And the other thing is, is that at least in the Ruby community, um, a lot of folks that I'm talking to are using the Angular CLI to set up their Angular apps. And then they're using different means to get them into the Rails apps uh, besides the Rails asset pipeline. And since it integrates Webpack already, it's all kind of just automatic. And a lot of folks like that over there. So I think more and more people are going to head that way. Yeah. And now that since it's using Webpack, I think that makes a big difference yeah. to people. Um, so the Webpack starter kit isn't nearly as um, critical as it used to be. It's like, well, I want to do Webpack, so i got to use the Webpack starter kit. Now you can use the CLI uh, to do um, and, and do Webpack with it. So I kind of feel like the same way. I feel like the Angular CLI is going to become very popular. I don't know if it'll become as popular as the Ember CLI is, but I feel like it's going to become very popular. Why was Webpack such a big thing? Like, why was this such a big deal to move to Webpack? Um, there are technical reasons why it's a big thing, but really it's a big thing to the community because it's a big thing to the community. That's why. Yeah, there are definite trade-offs with it, but I think... A lot of people are using it because a lot of people are using it and people are talking about it. <laughs> I will say that with tools like the CLI where... It just sets it up and automatically is configured for TypeScript, Angular. You know, it, it's it's a rather complicated tool, but the fact that I don't even have to think about it until I want to do something a little bit different or add something into my app, um, I mean, that's why I'm using it is because I don't have to think about it until I have to think about it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty popular. The other thing is, is that a lot of the other build processes that I've talked to people about using before... Um, I mean, Bower really isn't a build tool. It's a it's a way of getting stuff into your app. Um, and so a lot of people had custom Grunt and Gulp. And I think one of the appeals with Webpack is you can just pull in the Webpack plugin or recipe or whatever they call it, and you're most of the way there. 
So I, I think there are a lot of things like that that go with it. There are other aspects of like hot reloading and um, what's the other one? It's the CSS uh, modularization that's also pretty nice. And so there, there are features like that too that people are pulling in. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with Joe in a, in a certain sense that a lot of people are using it because a lot of people are talking about it. But uh, I know several people that have one of those handful of reasons. In fact, most of the people I talk to about it, they have at least one of those reasons that they're using it now, is that you know, it does X or Y or Z for me, and I don't have to do a whole lot to get it to do it. Right. And it's focused on builds. I mean, I have a big feeling that there's a lot of people that are using it that could using Grunt or Gulp just fine. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's the new hotness that's done that's using it. But um, it, I think it's a great, I also think it's a great product. So, All right. Well, I know we have some uh, time constraints, so I'm going to push us toward picks. Um, Joe, do you want to start us off with picks? Oh, can I not start with picks? Uh, Make Amy, Amy start with picks. Amy, do you want to yeah. start us off with picks? Sure. I am around. I apologize for being so quiet. I've had a lot going on today. So I haven't been able to be in the discussion too much, but I do have some picks. Um, the first one is an article or a blog post I saw on Hacker News. I think it was last week or might have been the week before. Um, it's called How Breakpoints Are Set. So it's really like a deep dive into how debuggers actually work, which I thought was pretty awesome. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes. And then the second one, I have a food one. So I was at Target on Sunday and I bought some tea and it is chocolate mint. Um, man, I'm totally blanking on the brand. Uh, shoot, if you bear with me, I can tell you. Sorry, I'm not ready either. It's a uh, Harney and Sons, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, anyways, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's like it has a little bit of like this chocolate flavor. It's not too overpowering. Um, if you have a sweet tooth, then I think the tea is pretty good. That's it for me. All right, Joe, do you have some picks for us now? I do, I do. So all these picks are, um, I don't have anything technical and may, I, maybe I'll throw in one entertainment related one, but I've been reading a series of books over the last few years, uh, three books that I felt like really changed how I parent a lot. And so if you happen to be a parent, then these are picks specifically to you. Uh, there's three books that I think together are really great and that parents should read. One of them is called 10 Things Wise Parents Know. And just a disclaimer, it is written from an LDS viewpoint. But uh, regardless of that, it was written by people who did a bunch of surveys. And so it was, it's basically like a scientific. Um, it's a book about using actual metrics and evidence-based criteria about parenting. So uh, that one, 10 Things Wise Parents Know, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and Boys Should Be Boys. And I feel like those three books are just like things that all parents should read, books that all parents should read. So I want to pick those. And then I also want to pick a blog post. I hate that to ever talk about politics. And I'm picking this blog post not because it talks about politics, but because it talks about tolerance and understanding, uh, given the light of today's political environment. So... The name of the blog post is How Half of America Lost Its Effing Mind, <laughs> which sounds really bad, like it's going to be like a very 
blown out of proportion. Can you believe that there are people who want to vote for this particular candidate? But instead, it's a really great explanation for people who grow up in a more progressive environment, cities, uh, and how to understand why there are people in America who are who view things certain ways and what, why that might lead them to choose particular candidates, especially given the current political climate that we're in right now. By the time this comes out, the uh, you know, we're, we're two weeks away, so the things might be have significantly changed by then. But it's a great blog post, How Half of America Lost Its Effing Mind, It's Uncracked. And it's a very, it's just all about tolerance and understanding. Like, it's one of those great things to let you read and be like, oh my gosh, I can, it's now so much easier for me to see the viewpoint of somebody else, right? The viewpoint that I may not, you know, it's, it's so easy for us to be like, I don't know how anybody can blank, Right. And to have uh, opportunities for um, to read articles that are like this that give you the opportunity to see, oh my gosh, I can I can actually like get another person's viewpoint now, and then have some tolerance. I think is just absolutely necessary in this day and age, where even though we get more connected, we get less connected because we tribe ourselves up. And uh, so anyway, that's my uh, other pick. And then I was. Uh, for just fun, I've been recently watching the new season of Elementary. I'm sure it's just old. It's a Sherlock Holmes show. I think I picked it before. Great TV show. So uh, those are my picks. All right, uh, I'm going to jump in with a few picks. Uh, the first one was I was so I'm going to be in New York City in a couple of weeks. I'm also going to be in Nashville, but I'm just not going to have any time to spend with anybody while I'm there. I feel bad. So but sad. I know. I I was like, man, I gotta I gotta find time to hang out with Amy but unless you want to hang out with me like on the way to the airport I don't have any time because <laughs> I'm going to Nashville no for three days and then I fly home for a day and then I'm flying out to New York City for five days so it was just hard to make it work um, but anyway so I'm going to be in New York City if you have any recommendations of places to go or things to see or anything like that then um, I would love to hear them you can just tweet at me at cmaxw or you can email me, Chuck, at devchat.tv. Um, I'm also going to pick really quickly, uh, we have a recommendation form for people that uh, you would like to see on the show or for topics you'd like to hear us discuss. So if you go to javascriptjabber.com, you can check all that out, and uh, that would be awesome. And then the last pick is, um, so since I'm going to New York, I actually have to have an SD card and for whatever reason, my computer won't read my 64 gig SD cards. And we're going to be doing a whole bunch of podcast recording while we're out there. So I went on Amazon to buy some SD cards. And it reminds me now every time I log in that I signed up for Amazon Smile. And they have a handful of charities that you can choose. And they donate a certain percentage of whatever you, do whatever you buy uh, to those charities. So I've chosen the Wounded Warrior Project. But, uh, you know, you can pick uh, a couple others, uh, any of those. So I'm going to pick Amazon Smile just because I think it's cool that a company is willing to say, hey, what do you care about? And we'll give some money to that. So, yeah, those are my picks. Tracy, what are your picks? Um, I guess I have to pick ngcruise.com for those of you guys who want to come on an Angular cruise with us. Um, to riff off of what Amy was saying, one of my favorite teas is a sweet licorice mint tea from Choice Organic, it's Choice Organic Teas, and it's Whole Leaf Organics Sweet Licorice Mint Tea, and you can buy it on Amazon. So I highly recommend that. 
Oh, that sounds so good. I guess it's good tea weather. Like, it's just started getting cold, and yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you would love this tea. Um, And then also, uh, there was a Simon McDonald. He spoke at my Modern Web event yesterday, and he was wearing these amazing Super Mario shoes. So apparently, if you go to Vans stores, you can get uh, like princess vans or you can get like Super Mario vans and they're really, really, really amazing. So you should probably go buy them. <laughs> also on Amazon, you can get, um, I just bought coasters and the coasters are um, little floppy disks, but they're silicone, but it's amazing. So yay. Nice. All right. Well, if uh, if people want to see what you're about or follow up with you, uh, what do they do? You mentioned. Uh, you can find... Yeah. So you can email me Tracy at modern web.org or you can um, tweet me at Lady Leet or uh, I do these like really uh, amazing and horrific at the same time uh, screencasts. Um, so if you Google YouTube YOLO Brolo and then like Ember or Angular or something like that you'll see this YOLO Brolo YouTube site that pops up where I just like pair with people and sometimes it's like an hour at NPM installing things and sometimes it's really, really interesting content like learning functional programming. So for beginners out there, for people who just wanna like laugh at funny things that happen on the internet, like feel free to go check it out. (laughs) All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this show up. Thanks again for coming and we'll catch everyone next week. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.